Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 302 of the JV Club with my guest, Brita Wool. I want to quickly shout out Alicia for your wonderful email. I want to remind people that I will be doing multiple shows, possibly too many shows, at SF Sketch Fest this year, the festival I co-founded with my partners, Cole Stratton and David Owen. I think I'm doing like nine or ten shows, um, uh, but they're all going to be really fun and they are all populated with people far more talented than I. Um, uh, one of which is actually a show called Voyage of the Stars, which is our first weekend on Saturday the 12th. I'm very excited about it. Uh, it will also star Felicia Day and Colton Dunn and Steve Berg, as well as our guest Tom Link and more. So if you're interested in that or any of the other shows I'm doing, you can visit sfsketchfest.com for more. And then I am also very excited to announce I will be at Pod X this year. Pod X is a podcast convention. Um, I will give you more more information about that in an upcoming intro, but you can uh, give PodX a Google and find out some other really great podcasts that are going to be there. I'm super excited about it. And uh, finally, I just want to finish by saying that if you are not familiar with Brita Wool's work at this point, I highly encourage you to do so. She is, has been featured on uh, the show Unreal, which I have interviewed a couple of wonderful people from. And she, uh, I really discovered her uh, for my own self when I was watching Mr. Mercedes season one. It has since had a second season. And I think that she is uh, on her way to becoming a massive star. I am just an enormous fan. So I hope you enjoy the episode and I will talk to you soon. going to start there's no there's also no um important message that needs to be put out into the world before i start talking with you the real intro that plays right before this then a theme song then it's just us just you and me okay cool. all day long it's an all day or did i I warn you it's an all day podcast oh it's a marathon yeah it's and it's not raising any money so it's it's like a telethon with no point Oh, cool. There's absolutely no purpose to it. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. A uh, yeah. Have like you always te- wanted to do a telethon? I mean, I was a telemarketer when I was Were like you? a teenager. You know what? I worked at MBNA. You're the second person in a row. <laughs> and yours, your episode will come out in a, in a handful of weeks. So it's because I'm actually in the middle of my Boys of Summer series where I just interview men. Oh. Um, but I was so excited to podcast you that I didn't want the opportunity to slip away. Yeah. It's a little bit creepy. No, slipping away. I really hunted you down. Uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but he, but he also did telemarketing, and I have not spoken to anyone who is a telemarketer oh. in, in recent memory. So it's funny that like oh, back I was like to back. Sixteen. Yeah. Was, How'd that feel? I quit Stick after like script. a week and a half, I think, or yeah. two weeks. I couldn't understand how anyone made money. I also did canvassing and uh, selling like scratch cards in the street for like two dollars or three dollars what kind of cards uh like scratch cards for a charity oh okay it was like but all of it all of those things are scams to make money for yourself Uh like if you're making money trying to raise money or sell something you get a certain amount of like points for um like if you sell this to this then you get a percentage of this and this so you're like trying to swindle people while trying to like raise money for the environment yeah you know like the kids out on yeah. on vermont or whatever on Someone hillhurst like 
Um, the chocolate selling kids, I don't know. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be raising money for they like their are. like cheerleading team or yeah, something. Yeah. Which are. I also did, and we could never sell anything there either. And then, I, and then your parents would just end up buying it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about I, what I feel like I remember is magazine subscriptions. Even though oh, I don't feel man. like I actually sold magazine subscriptions, I feel like that was a thing that I was too young for, but that I like on the tail end, I was like, I guess I'll be one day I'll be selling magazine subscriptions as a teenager. But then like <laughs> that never happened. But that was a thing I too. Bought, like, Would you like to get people magazine? I remember I bought, um, I was on a law and order back in the day in New York city. And, um, and I like went home to my mom's house and a woman, uh, somebody knocked on the door and these two kids were selling magazine subscriptions. And the woman goes, oh my God, I saw you on Law & Order last night. <laughs> and my mom was there and my mom became really like remembered. so proud yeah. and like so, I, I was, I think I was like a crazy lady in a bathtub, like mm-hmm. shivering. Okay, sure. Um, and like a schizophrenic woman in a bathtub and like mm-hmm. I had like had like friends who had had mental illness as a kid and like I took it so seriously but yeah. then I was literally on it for like two seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the woman selling the magazine subscriptions noticed me in front of my mother, which yeah. was like, ex- like, you know, all of the pistons firing of like, right. what does it mean to succeed in this world out there? <laughs> right. Like do something and then have your mother see it. Yeah. Um, but I bought all the magazine subscriptions. Yeah, it worked. It totally she worked. She said that to everyone, and she just yeah. got lucky. Did I see you on Law Everybody and Order? Like, oh, and you like, think I'm an actor? Yeah, I'm one so out flattered. Of ten yeah, times it works. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I was on Law and Order. That's that is very like, I get. I guess that feels specific. To, I mean, especially since you just said you weren't on it for that long. So the idea that like it stuck with her enough that she was able to take a con- because you know what I mean like sometimes you just see people you already know out That's of context true. and you forget you know them because you're so you associate them with only one thing so for her to have the presence of mind to have seen you in character in a bathtub shivering yeah. and recognize you were that self same person in real life the actor I'm very impressed with that woman yeah right yeah or maybe my, my I maybe I ended up channeling like my experience with my friends or whatever, and <laughs> you opened up the door shivering. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, it's just very cold in here. No, Wait, the was... shivering. <laughs> she herself is a detective. Yeah, I like to open doors shivering. <laughs> I think it's good for uh, you know. I like to be meek so that people can That's a good dominate idea. me easily. I'm into that. It's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, was your mom visiting you, or did you? Was your mom living in New York as well? No, I was in Delaware. Oh, you were in Delaware. Sorry, was, I missed I, that part. No, I was living in New York City, and yeah. then I took the you know train down to Delaware. Got it. To hang out with my mom. Is that where parents. you're from originally? Um, I'm from Champaign Urbana, Shampoo okay. Banana, Illinois, uh-huh. and then moved uh, to Delaware, and then moved to New York City, and then moved to Los Angeles. I like that. Should I have known that it was what is it? Shampoo Banana. Shampoo Banana. Is Champaign that, Urbana. Is that what everyone <laughs> says there? Or is that like your group of I friends? I think one person said it shampoo. to me and I was like, yeah, shampoo <laughs> banana. Shampoo banana. I Where think does so. the name Champagne Urbana come from? First of all, is that like a, it's like a Dallas Fort Worth thing where it's really two places that it's you sort Twin of cities, Oh, okay. All I right. think. This Twin City business is just not something that you I know, get in I, Arizona I, don't, I also like from. moved when I was 13. Yeah. Um. So I was, I never had a car there. So the Champagne was very far away and where the like fancy Republicans lived. Mm-hmm. What a <laughs> and, cliche. Uh, <laughs> Urbana yeah. would be like and the uh, folksy one and Champagne would be totally where all the Richies are. That's hilarious. No, 
no, that's totally what it was. Urbana was like uh, University of Illinois. Okay. So my parents were, it was this, uh, my father, uh, my father was an Irishman and he always, he wanted to live in New York City. He wanted to come to the United States and live in New York City. And, uh, well, that's where the streets are lined with gold. That's where the streets are lined uh, with gold. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, what is that great song? The, uh, uh, the boys of NYC, yeah, exactly. Broadway band, yeah. Um, the the gang. Oh my gosh, never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my dad. Um, yeah, my dad immigrated from Ireland following my mother. Um, she was a foreign exchange student at UCC, University oh, okay. College Cork. How about that? And yeah, and they and he came to New York City, but then was a professor. It was his first professorship in. Uh, uh, chemical engineering okay. he was a physicist and wow. polymer physicist but um uh new york city went bankrupt so he got this offer at this little podunk town champaign urbana illinois that he said was a truck stop in the middle of oh, a wow. cornfield uh-huh. um, but it's where university of illinois is and we went there and like my older i have two older sisters and so we we like we're raised in this crazy little town in the cornfield in the you know university town did you ever see the movie pcu politically correct university it's kind of like that yeah (laughs) like uh you know like the skate shop and like all the university bars and basically the entire town is is supported and uh everybody's associated with the university yeah and if they're not then they're like farmers or yeah that also has like a breaking away have you seen that 80s movie it's a favorite of mine because it's one of my dad's favorite movies. Breaking, Breaking Away Wave takes place in Indiana and is... I mean, it was like... Breaking the Waves. Different. <laughs> very, different. very different. Arguably as different yeah. as two movies could be. Yeah. Uh, Breaking Away is a story of a young townie, as they are known if they're not from the university, in a... Probably a mining town, right? Because there's a big quarry. Um, uh that townie that's right yeah they call them townies they call them townies yeah and he uh and it's university town and he wants to uh ride in the tour de france and my dad was a huge cyclist when i was a kid so that's like was one of his favorite movies uh dennis quaid is in it very young dennis quaid very young jackie earl haley very young dennis no daniel stern um it's a great cast it's a great cast yeah and they all it's great it's a great movie it's it's a really really good movie um but anyway yeah so townies uh um and the town i went to college in flagstaff arizona which is fairly similar i mean it's like you're either kind of a logging kind of but but so much of it is like route 66 shops because it's old Route 66, or it's yeah. all university kind of oriented. No, I know. I, I drove that whole Route 66 from the East Coast to the oh, West yeah? Coast. Oh, yeah? I've never done that. I think it would be kind of fun. 66 is all right. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like a highway for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, this, these few stops are, I see why yeah. there's 66 something. 66 is pretty cool. I went south on Texas, too. Texas is a weird, that weird That takes a state. long time to get through. There's a lot Texas. of, like, economic depression there yeah you i literally felt like i was like driving through like strangely irish ghost towns like towns that had not taken the like st patrick's day parade Uh like decorations down because that was the last like bastion of like joy that they had in that yeah anyway i can't remember what the name of that town was but there was a few towns like that but anyway um what was it talking about 
we were talking about oh so so yeah so you, the the sort of college town experience of oh, like yeah. everything sort yeah, of feels so like I it grew feeds up in the this, university yeah and so i grew up in this like town where everybody's parents i lived in the uh uh state streets or the academic ghetto is what they called it. And, oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like everybody's co- parent was a professor. Yeah. And most people's professor parents were from another country. So it was this oh, bizarre... Okay. That's interesting. That yeah. is interesting. And a lot of the people were like from, you know, European countries or India or, you know, Asian countries. And I wonder how it became that magnet in that way. Like... Just because I feel it's a like great that's science unusual. department. Yeah. <laughs> and great. so the sciences in uh, in American universities, especially in like higher levels of education, have a lot of foreign imports. Yeah. Foreign like intellectuals coming over and learning physics. And so yeah. the University of Illinois science department was, that's where the internet was invented or whatever. Um, but yeah, they had, the university is fantastic there. So everybody's it was like this and and college i was an academic brat which is a specific type of it's basically where you can like every you know you can pay, play concert cello at the age of 10 but you can't like wipe your ass uh-huh. <laughs> and it like stays like that <laughs> forever you underdevelop in certain very key ways yeah. but you overdevelop in others yeah because well, your parents are kind of like intellectual megalomaniacs uh-huh. <laughs> you know who are trying to win nobel prizes and like yeah how about that yeah that's and so I, specific that really is interesting it was an interesting upbringing i have a friend who's um uh, gabe hobson who's writing tv shows now and he and i will commiserate on our extremely insane upbringing with these as you someone know, comes in and wipes your asses for you yeah as, as like i'll never know how they do that yeah you say pointing behind my, you yeah as my dude is like doing the dishes because uh-huh. i don't know how to do the dishes <laughs> oh yeah you find someone who thinks uh, that all of your idiosyncrasies are delightful and charming yeah quirky. idiosyncrasies is that yeah the right absolutely 100 percent. oh great yeah that education is really paying off yeah, now cool. is it a public now is it a public school full of smart kids uh in the academic ghetto or is it a private school like how does the high school situation work the high school is a big public high school it was like and the middle middle of everybody so the The, smart the the smarties and the the regularies um yeah everybody yeah it was a huge i actually didn't go to the high school there i we moved to delaware okay um when i was 13 and i went to this little private high school move probably oh yeah (laughs) it was some bullshit uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i had the biggest weirdest group of weirdo friends that i had grown up with my whole life yeah and i moved to delaware which was like um i remember meeting some guy in in i just remember the my main like oh i hate to talk about delaware like this and my mom still lives there and there's great people there but i just remember like there was certain things that i had never confronted before or been confronted with which was like (laughs) racism Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like i grew up in this super such a melting pot where you melting pot kumbaya like and and i say that but that you know i i was very sort of entitled in my protectiveness you know it's this weird small town highly intellectual but also this small town mentality um and there was a lot of craziness that happened in urbana as well but i think my parents their group of friends our group of friends you know, were these sort of bizarre, wild, my, my two older sisters were these, you know, I, I, my parents are 
very feminist, you know, uh, very progressive people. And, you know, we go to nude beaches and like, you know, yeah. uh, there was a projection of what the future would hold in, in our generation, sure. you know, like we were all like having seminars on, uh, HIV and how you contract it in like second grade. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like we wrote a, you know, I, I, I wrote a book that got published with my class in third grade with Nancy Coombs on, uh, you know, uh, Frederick Douglass, you wow. know, like I, I had read his autobiographies by the time that I was like, wow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and then all of a sudden I get to Delaware and, and there it's was possibly more like the rest of America in some ways. It's weird. It's like East coast. Yeah. So East coast, it was like, um, you know, there was lots of things at the mall and like lots of money and lots of money didn't like make all that much sense when I was a kid. Like people lived in nice big houses with a huge gradient of middle class, lower middle class to upper middle class to, you know, and everyone went to the same school. And then Mm. I was plopped in the East coast where it's like, you know, there's a different history on the East coast. Mm -hmm. There's a different like, um, backstory there Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think that living in a uh, midwestern town that's based on a university it was like everyone was just making up their own history as they went along yeah 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 you know god I I mean speaking of like just coming off like a complete idiot I will say if I were likely to forget about the existence of certain states (laughs) Illinois is one of them not Illinois Delaware I feel like I would forget that Delaware was a thing I would be like Delaware, I right? If Delaware feels like it is. Do you it know what I mean? Forgotten because, like, the, when you have these tiny states, there has to be some like what what it, I mean, uh, other than like memorizing states or having American history when you're younger yeah. and in school. I feel like there has to be something sticky about what you how you think of it, and so there are a lot of East Coast states that mean something to me on a personal level for one reason or another. Whether it's like my friend taught at the University of Rhode Island, or you know, Baltimore is like where everyone writes their uh, crime stories about because yeah. it's fascinating and strange, and and it's tiny, but it it draws attention to itself in that way. And I don't feel like I have anything personally sticky okay, about I'll give Delaware. You some references for now. Delaware. I do because you're because okay. I'll be like, oh, Breed is from yeah, Breed is from Delaware. Yeah. Well, it's weird because I felt like a total alien there. Yeah, like a to- and I looked like a total alien, and I seemed like I did not belong there at all. Yeah, um, like I everything about me in Delaware did not go well. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it went super well for a lot of like. Like I was getting into a lot of trouble in Illinois. Mm, and uh-huh, my friends uh-huh. there were like really wild. Even so young. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, we were like rascals. I mean, people were getting pregnant. People Whoa! were like on drugs. Like it was like, Whoa! oh, we were like progressives. Progressives, man. Yeah, that comes <laughs> along happens? with it. That's true, actually. Most of my, my friends in Tucson who were the, had the most hippie parents, I can't say that they were like, so they almost rebelled against that and became like they were definitely having sex and smoking pot way, way, way younger than anybody yeah. else. But. I mean, a lot of people that came out of Illinois did super well, but a lot of people also have really um, rich pasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you That's know, a good way of putting it. Yeah, it was nobody was sheltered. Nobody mm-hmm. was like, I mean, everybody, no matter where you come from, there's always like a little bit of a fall from grace mm-hmm. and you approach things and like experience naivete to some degree. Sure. But there was, and I definitely have a lot of that. I still have that where I'm like, wait, this is the world we're living in? Yeah. Wait, 
what? Like yeah. what? You know, and it surprises me constantly as yeah. if it hasn't been like that the whole time. No, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with my parents specifically. But what you did have in Illinois was a lot of smart kids with a lot of energy and not a lot to do. Right. Right, right, so right. it was weird. A lot of the, a lot of people ended up doing very well in their lives, but had a real kind of, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were wild. We were all super wild. Yeah, there. And so when you got to, uh, when you got to Delaware and you were in a private school, did you say all girls or just a private school? No, That's it was just girls. a private school. I yeah, think uh, there was, was it religious the, based the, private. I think so. It might have been. I remember but clearly there, was a, like going there was a to... girl who was in some big church. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say her name because uh-huh. she's still super religious, but she was real weird. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we would go out and party in high school and we would be having fun and like going out and meeting people and having drinks. She was going out to like battle the devil. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her, she would like go out and there was so much darkness in her just like going out to hang out with a boy and have a drink. Yeah. You know, it was all wrapped up in this, like your, her soul was going to hell and rebellion <sighs> and stuff. She and so exhausting. It, she is like her and I get into some Facebook battles uh-huh. even to this day. <laughs> you know, she's like the, I felt like a lot of my experiences with the young women and some of them, but I, I my sister, you know, hung out with a lot of people whose politics now completely deny and defy their behavior as young people mm-hmm. and they have somehow erased what they did as young people right, or right, like right. just chalked it off as oh when you're young yeah and you're like oh you know like topics like abortion right you know where you you, you literally forget that you had like two abortions <laughs> and that you like were super happy at the time that that was an option for you like extremely relieved and feeling like oh thank god like literally thank god for abortion and then as soon as it's not your problem anymore and have kids and you're like yeah god tells you you can't have an abortion and i'm like oh bitch like (laughs) that is not how that went down at all yeah you know that's frustrating to see and you and yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you sort of hope that someone's compassion will only grow as they get older, like as you have more life experience, as you, you know, are around and meet more humans as time goes by. You sort of hope that that would rather than restrict and tighten up. You want it to. You want to think it's going to expand. You know. I mean, it's self hate, right? <laughs> like, you know, the it's the mi- microcosm of the conversation between you and your yourself. Yeah. Is usually an extension of how you treat you and somebody else. You know? Agreed. Like, oh, I hate, like, I hate that I did that. I always, my my best example of this is with my family. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything that annoys me about my family Absolutely. is like what I dislike about myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially my older sister. Oh my gosh, I hope my sister Megan doesn't watch this uh, or, or listen to this. But um, Megan, could you come in Megan! here, please? Megan. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Welcome back to WKEP at night. Up next, looks like we've got a PSA from local forest ranger Duck Newton. Do I start now? or? Yeah, I lean in, Duck. Yeah, sorry. Um, 
Okay, I, I wanted to address the unfortunate situation that... Okay, listen, two people, good people that I and a lot of y'all have known our whole lives are dead. Torn to shreds by... A savage, uh, bloodthirsty beast that defies human comprehension. If you'd like to know more, stop by the Cryptonomica, Kepler's premier museum of the macabre. Just off come, highway... Come on, we just wanted to warn y'all, to, to beg you. If you see one of those things out in the forest, don't fight. Don't scream. Run. Run as far as you can. Doc, it's almost midnight. Listen, folks, if you see anything, please go to thelamplighter.org and let us know. And get behind a locked door tonight. Anything else we need to... Oh, they're leaving. Okay, well, that's thelamplighter.org, and stay safe out there, Kepler. I actually just did a movie that I kind of based on my old... I have another sister, and I kind of based this role on her. And oh, I, really? I had to give her, like, ten... You gave, did you give her a heads up? Oh, I had to be like, look, it's sort of based on you, but when you watch it, like, it's not going to be based on you. It's it's not it's not you. Right. But it's like, literally, I've, like, robbed her entire voice. Really? <laughs> and then put That's it so into funny. this movie. Yeah. What is it? Um, It's a movie uh, I... Made with my friend Kestrin Pantera Grubb, who's made a few movies. She, in January, before I went off to do Mr. Mercedes, she was like, I, I was like, hey, I'm around for a month if you want to make something. And she calls me like a, two days later and is like, let's make this feature film. Amazing. And and then we were making a feature film like a, a few days later. And so she made, a, we went in and she made a storyboard and she had a storyboard ready. She had a whole story ready. Um, and her, me and these four actors, uh, Milana Vaintrop, I don't know if you know her. I don't. She's a very powerful witch. Uh, Sam Littlefield. Um, oh, no one is ever going to describe me that way, and that just kind of made me sad for a second. A very powerful witch? Yeah, no one's going to be like, oh, oh, just to drop it off as a side <laughs> note, like, Jana Varney, very powerful witch. Very powerful Moving witch. Moving on to Sam Littlefield. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just had to let that yeah. post over me for a second. Yeah, she, she is. Like, she's the kind of woman, if you're talking around a campfire, you know really weird things will start happening amazing i want that <laughs> me too i'd like to experience that yeah we can we okay. can start a little fire we could get you involved in well some, i got we gotta get her yeah we gotta get her over here because i don't i'm i feel like I, i've said this before in the podcast but i do feel like i <clears throat> am yearning to have those kind of mystical experiences and then somehow like it it doesn't like for, this is a bad example but it is a accurate example which is like somebody goes to see a psychic and they like five people go and they're all like that was life-changing for me I can't believe it I really believe now blah 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 and then I see that same person I'm like this is a no <laughs> nothing was right this is a hoax like this uh. person doesn't know anything about me and like got nothing right and maybe that's self-denial I highly doubt it uh so I'm always hoping to I like want to have those I want to be the person that's like dude I saw a ghost <clears throat> and I feel like I'm never that person. So Oof. I'm ready to have a powerful witch uh, shake it up. I have so many me. thoughts on that. Yeah? Hell yeah, I have some thoughts on that. Okay. Um. Well, I'm like, where do we even start? Um. First of all, psychics, bollocks. I know I have a lot of friends who go to psychics. I have a group of friends who go to see a psychic on Skype who's in another country who like is super serious. I, I am like so anti-psychic <laughs> I, because I feel like it's, you know, the, you know, the Oedipus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Oedipus 
you know unless it's a person you know named oedipus otherwise no like, very powerful yeah. wizard do you know oedipus he lives down <laughs> yeah. on like uh, that was a weird yeah. choice for a name for sure yeah i'm like i might name, name my son oedipus um i'll definitely name a dog oedipus but um so everyone always remembers oedipus as the freudian like you want to kill your father and have sex with your mother mm-hmm. who doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. i mean i mean but um I always think of it as if his father hadn't gone to the psychic in the first place, none of that shit would have happened. Yeah. And I refuse to go to psychics on the basis that even if it's absolute garbage or completely you accurate. manifest your own future you because you, ex- future. you assume that they're right. Uh, or you, if someone could. Even if you assume that, that they're wrong, wrong, it might it's still implanted. unconsciously. Yeah. So if a, psych- if a crazy lady in a uh, caravan in Ireland says to you that you're going to be a... Uh, <laughs> which happened to me I went when I was 15 to a, a traveling woman in a caravan in Ireland and she, I, she told me I was going to be a, a cop well first she said I was going to be a model and I was like I've already I, I had did do modeling when I was a kid and uh she, I was like I've already done that and I thought it was stupid I don't want to do that uh-huh. <laughs> I already like accomplished that um and I'm sure she was like not that modeling is stupid. I did see it, though, that I clearly saw that for you, yeah. but I was seeing your past. Yes. Moving on, yes. now let's look at your future. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I, um, and modeling isn't stupid. I actually really like modeling, but it wasn't right for it me. It wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. I wanted to make goofy faces. Yeah. Which you can do. Never mind. That's a side. <laughs> you gotta, I'm like, by the way, I'll be a, a divergent queen. Like, <laughs> uh, Welcome to my podcast. Oh, cool. Uh, that's the only thing I know how to do. No, no, no. But I so understand. I understand so what you're saying. I did the same I thing. I also experienced that. And I also have been told, yeah. like, you would be so pretty if you didn't move your face so much. So <laughs> I, ha- that was like my experience was like, oh, well, I don't think I could yeah. change that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Anyway. So you were going to be a cop. I think somebody told me to get off my, uh, lay off the cookies and don't make my muscles too big. Cool. And I was like, I liked, I like cookies and I play sports. Yeah. So this is, this the is not going to work for me. Yeah. I also didn't like people controlling me. Yeah. I had like some major hints and variations of oppositional defiance disorder. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. somebody coming along and I was a deep, deep radical feminist in my behavior as a young woman. Yeah. Uh, with that crazy little group of ladies in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, mm-hmm. like all sorts of weird I mean, people were getting pregnant, but that was the byproduct of us, like, hosting weird, like, look at, you know, masturbation circles and Great. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have I would have signed up for that. Like, we were, get, we were super weird yeah. and, like, doing all sorts of crazy uh-huh. shit. That was, like, very much permeated, like, pushed by me. Great. <laughs> Great. Oh, anyone who knows me well knows that I'm a little freak. <laughs> Or like a lot less of a freak because I was a little freak, like sure. quite literally like a shorter freak. Yeah. I um, feel like I got, I mean, that's, I, I got, I, I don't want to say I got it out of the way because I have no sense of like, thank God that's over. But I do feel like there are things that I experienced very young and that I am sort of like, well, that was my time for that. And it's not as appealing to me now, probably for that reason. But like, I'm not dropping acid tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. That's something that is a part of my past. See, I'm, <laughs> I missed the whole psychedelic thing. Mm. I'm like wanting to do that now. I'm like now at the point in my life where I'm like, it's time to do psychedelics. See? Yeah. It's, it just depends on when and yeah. how and where. That said, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by that whole microdosing thing. Like, I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Um, 
I'm also, I don't drink anymore. So now I'm like, what about these other drugs? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried to do, I try to smoke pot, but like, that's not a fun, that's not a fun drug. I keep on trying to convince myself that it's a fun drug, but it just makes me look around my house and go, I'm filthy. I'm a filthy like the- child woman. Oh, sorry. I just saw a dead uh, spider that really is a heart, uh, not a spider. You know, the daddy long legs. A cockroach? No, no. It's oh. just like a daddy long legs that I found out. Someone told me it was called a harvestman, which I was like, that's both Ooh, better and scarier. Very noble. It's a, it, it, it is and isn't because it's also like the harvest man. Yeah, coming children to of the corn. And, yes, yes, yes. It, it has a... It's both creepier and better. Um, but anyway, I saw it. And right when you were saying I'm filthy, I looked over and saw a little body. <laughs> You're like, oh. That's right here. Um, oh, he's good. He's yeah. good there. Yeah. That's where right. he li- lives now. That's, that's where until one of the dogs licks him up. Thinking yeah. It's Delicious protein, dead it carcass yeah. harvestman. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but even with all the iterations of pot now, like with, because right, that's the thing is people are like, well, if you take this if you eat this edible you won't feel you're filthy instead you will you know your brain will be doing cartwheels or this this edible is good for just pain and or this vape if you vape that you know what i mean like there's so many strains now have you have you dabbled i have or has tried it just sort of yeah i like went and i got like all the things and just all the things and they're like everything every, made it's you like fun clean. like 20 percent of the time yeah and i never that's know not a great when percentage. that's when no it's terrible yeah. and it's like I don't know when that 20% is coming along. Yeah. So like, what? it's probably a little it? bit more than 20%. It can be fun, but it's always like, oh my <laughs> God, which is like, wh- do I think that that's going to be fun tonight? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like the self-consciousness goes skyrockets. Yeah. And I yeah. already have like so much like reverse thinking where you imagine how you're being perceived through the other person's eyes and then I like put pressure on myself to glamour people Mm -hmm. which is exhausting (laughs) and then you get stoned and then that becomes even like maximized right right to be like do you see what I see what I see what I see me me." (laughs) like this like creepy narcissistic loop that just like drains you of your energy understood on every count I am going to use this as an opportunity to uh lavish praise on you which is i don't know like so i came after you after watching (laughs) mr mercedes which was like frankly a show now people now there's billboards and now there's this and that but that was a thing that like i wouldn't have known about had i not been sent a screener as being a member of the academy there was not i mean i'm just this is like i have been in that position where people like i would never would have known that was a show unless blah blah and i'm like that's makes me angry yet I appreciate what you're saying and I can't argue but uh but I didn't know and uh and I got the screener was like I don't I have no understanding of this being a thing except like it's Brendan Gleeson and a bunch of other and Kelly Lynch who's a neighbor like there's like there's such a great cast and uh and I was like this I gotta watch this yeah it was just it just blew me away that it was not something I'd heard of and uh and I watched it and and every performance is sublime but you stood out to me so hardcore and I was like, I, I, I said, I just have such like a talent crush on this girl. I got to meet her. I, because I just, it was, it's just such a great performance. And the reason I'm bringing it up is that to me, it's very difficult to be that, 
I don't even know how to describe it, but perhaps someone has already come along and done a better job. I'm sure people are like freaking out about how great you are, but, uh, the, 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 the ability to seem like you're not on camera, but be so self-conscious that, okay. I've never tried to articulate this, but this is what I feel. Okay. I feel that your character feels like she's on camera all the time in terms of her, like response to like she feels like you just described but (laughs) you as an actor seem like you have no idea there's a camera which is like the most meta shit ever (laughs) it's like you're so natural being a character who feels like they're under a microscope of society yeah Yeah. I don't know how I would be able to I don't know how that I mean I I think it's just like something that's that's innate uh, to you because I don't know that I've ever seen someone be so awkward in such a natural, great way that felt, again, like you don't know there's a camera and yet the character feels like, oh, where am I? Where do I fit in my body? Where do yeah. I fit in this store? Where do I fit in this uniform? Where do I fit in this friendship? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I think it's so brilliant. I just think it's fantastic. That's so cool that you saw that. Yeah, I just think, and I, I was mean, like, I don't know if I'm doing that consciously, but I do. I don't think, think you could be. I don't think. I don't know if you could be, but I you do probably think that know that I do. Storytelling is meta. Yeah, like there is no. You know, my friend, my best friend Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, <laughs> uh, always says that. <laughs> what is he, he always says that Aubrey Plaza said to him, "It's all you know. It's all a dream." Yeah. I mean, also Shakespeare, but, um, (laughs) I got to give it up to Shakespeare on that one. Sorry. I'll be positive. You know, it's a, it's all like, what's the difference between the situation in Mr. Mercedes and my real situation? There isn't a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I'm making it, we're all making it up as we go along. Yeah. Which is why the, the psychic freaks me out so much because the psychic is like a writer that you've hired for the day. And that comes in and says, what about this possibility? Yeah. And once they say it, you can't like the, the concept that there is like a reality and that there is, is kind of, I don't know. I say that and it, it's funny because almost all of my <laughs> beliefs are contradictory and uh, <laughs> not necessarily contradictory. I just, everything I say is both a truth and a lie for myself. Yeah. Um, I get that. <laughs> you know? I and so that. how do you know who you are? If you know, how do you, my we have a saying in my family it's like remember who you are hmm. and my grandmother used to say it to my dad and what my a dad. terrifying statement for if some, when yeah. someone says that to me i find that existentially terrifying it's ab- definitely existentially terrifying but it's also um like a belief system you know you always have to go back to like what do you believe in and the belief system is that like there is a place in you that can tolerate any and all things you know what I mean and that there is a place in you that exists you know without fear and there's a place in you that's like quiet and silent and not temporary yeah I think that that's what it means I don't know I love that yeah and so you know when you remember who I'm, I'm definitely having a uh it's confusing. Life is very confusing. And you, you, I think people just grapple with trying to make it less confusing. And mm. the, the entire experience on everyone is just trying to make it less confusing. Right. So I actually kind of feel excited by when it gets more confusing, mm-hmm. which I think maybe be, is a confidence of remember who you are. Right. 
that I got that I got from my parents. Yeah. Not to psychoanalyze myself too much, but I, hey. you know, I, those girls that I told you about from Champaign-Urbana, I met up with them in this. I mean, the story behind those girls is like there was violence of fights, like warrants out for my arrest. Like, oh, wow. you know, and two of the girls had this rivalry and one of them as an adult called the other one and said, let's have a weekend. And we went and we all hung out and they were so um, affected by my parents Oh wow! as stable, loving family that they all had sort of shaped their life based on, especially my, my father passed away a few years ago and they were so deeply moved by his passing, even though they hadn't seen him. And so there was like this, they'd all had these stories of um real intense pain and loss of knowing who they are and having to really feel very alone in the world Mm. and I just wonder if like the loving my loving parents just gave me that extra edge where I could think maybe I'm not entirely alone in this world right you know (laughs) it's so funny because I'm an only child and everything you just described to me like screen feels like an only child experience and and I sometimes like I have to tack back on like oh yeah sibling like oh okay there are siblings like these girls may have had siblings and that has no that doesn't inform whether or not you feel alone at all like it doesn't yeah but I only had my experience so I know what it feels like to be alone in the sense of like a single parent over here a single parent over here no siblings no step parents no nothing versus like feeling alone in a room full of a family or do you know what I mean like it's just a different I sort of put myself in the picture and then, yeah. and then I look around and there's no brothers or sisters and that lonely feeling. And then it's, a, I just imagine it would be very different to have that, to have that sort of sense of not belonging and to have more people around to remind you of that in a sense. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's pure speculation. I'll never know, but did they well, all, did they go on to do that? Oh, yeah, because I, I'm like, I don't know what much I can talk about my sisters, but my, you know, one of my sisters really, struggles with feeling super super alone I think I mean I think we I don't know it's just so uh, I you know she really told me and opened up to me one time just expressing kind of how you're feeling like this like very deep sense of aloneness and I was so pissed off with her just because I'm in general pissed off with her but um (laughs) you know we were fighting about fights that we had had when we were children outside of a spa in Whistler uh, Canada in Whistler yeah. Canada like when I was shooting Unreal up there and like my sister comes to visit me and we basically fought the entire time yeah. and had this screaming match outside of a spa you know Amazing. so after we were done like crying for hours and fighting we went in and like soaked in the bath sounds like a good <laughs> but she solution you know really expressed some feelings of being alone and it made me so angry because I was like don't you see I know what you're talking about yeah like I'm what I'm built of the same brain as you like every every feeling every notion that you're you're talking about I have had you are inherently not alone especially right now like I am with you I am like I am feeling you I know exactly where you're coming from and the only difference between her and I was like, basically, the story. Mm. I had one story about my 
past and she had a completely different one and we grew up in the same household yeah and like my story was like epic and like you know want to make a movie about it and like tell it to everybody and hers was sort of more like a, a, a history of being alone mm. you know yeah and uh but that goes back to the whole, th- I mean, everything you're saying about, in fact, I wish I, I can't believe I already have forgotten the name of this documentary because it's so good. And I'm sure it'll like win the Academy Award for best documentary, but What's uh, it's the one about, it's the, I think it is like, um, like it, the, it's, it's about the triplets uh, who were reunited for, through a series of like weird coincidences, essentially. Uh, it's a CNN documentary. Um, I know about the twins. I guess I could the, look it up. The, I think Chinese twins that were adopted into America. Have you ever seen that? I have not, but I've heard of it. I definitely know what you're talking about. The girl finds the girl on like Facebook or something. No, no, she was in uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Geisha. That's so bananas. Three identical strangers. So three identical strangers. Uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good documentary, but, um, and I, it's hard to talk about without giving too much away, but uh, the the gist of it that you sort of would read in a description is that these three uh, triplets who were um, adopted out from a very specific uh, adoption agency in New York, um, by absolute chance, one of them went ended up going to the community college that his brother had gone to the previous year. His brother was not coming, but you find this out in like the first five minutes of the of the movie. But his brother had decided not to come back. But this other guy shows up at this community college and everyone is coming up to him and being like, you came back. That's awesome. Like hugging him like, hey, buddy. And so he's like goes to his dorm room and is just like stunned and doesn't know what is going on. It feels like he's in a dream. And then some guy comes in because somebody who knew he was best friends with this guy was like, hey, you need to like go find this dude. This guy comes in. And the first words out of his mouth are, were you adopted? And the guy's like, yeah. And he goes, you have a twin brother. <gasps> and it just becomes like their oh, quest to like, oh my God, we have to get the bottom oh, of this. That, like gave me yeah, chills. Yeah. And then, oh, that's so- I mean, it's in the title, but like, and then there's also a third brother. No. And then that person is found because that becomes a sensation, a media sensation. Like, oh my God, these two identical twins were found. And then the third brother is like, Someone calls him and is like, hey, dude, uh, some two people who look just like you just found each other. It's bananas. I mean, it's shampoo bananas. It's it's bonkers. And and then and then so but what it immediately raises and what becomes this sort of like it would I guess. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but but it is definitely like here are these people with these same genes um, as close to being the same person as you can be without being a clone, but raised in these totally different, not ultimately different. It's not like one was in Mexico, one was in Kuwait and one was in America, but certainly like their parents are very different from one another. They're, you know, their whole, like their money, they're this, they're that. And yet they have so very much in common. And so it really, the, one of the first things that it kind of bubbles to the surface is like, how much do we, control like how who how how much do we control about who we are environmentally versus genetically how predisposed are we to make these these choices and that's something that mathematicians get really interested in too or like these sort of uh 
like when you Did combine you know behavioral science with math it's just this sort of like you're you're you think you're mate you think you have free will you think you're choosing this this and this but like the chances are you will choose this because this 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 you know what i mean even though I just sure. said the most vague thing ever. No. Like just to stir the pot of identity and, you know, the whole idea of a well, psychic sort of, of telling you, know you where Harry you're headed. Did you know that Harry Chetaway has an identical twin? No. The guy that plays Mr. Mercedes on Mr. Mercedes has an identical twin. I didn't know that. Which is like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we got twins in my family. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you kind of just pop out who you are, but you don't pop out who you are. You pop out like a historical entity of all the people that died before you. Yeah. All your ancestors. Yeah. You know, and now what they're learning with epigenetics is like, you know, your, your experience, your life experience and the things that you eat and the, 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 from the moment you're even in been conceived in the womb, there's certain genetic traits that are being uh, massaged open is I guess the only term I can uh-huh. use. I like, love it. Uh, you know, one of the b- main uh, uh, studies on epigenetics was about mother being a good mother. And it was done on uh, rats that lick mm-hmm. their babies. Mm-hmm. And the rats that lick their babies, the process of licking opens in the baby a gene for licking babies, basically. Somebody somebody look up that study. But that was like one of the first studies of epigenetics that was yeah. done. So like that is both simultaneously nurture and nature. Yeah. Um, so I, I like I always like to think about I, I'm actually, you know, talking about being alone. I'm deeply comforted by the ancestor, like the idea that my brain is actually this accumulation of all these people that I I know from a couple generations. Like I know my I feel connected. The, the The furthest back person I feel connected to is my uh, great great grandmother, hmm. uh, Sophie, because I've heard a lot of stories about her. Uh, and she was this uh, uh, Bohemian woman from Transylvania, and she like has all these things. My mom and I still like talk about her because um, my my she was alive when my mother was like way into college. Uh, her great grandmother. Yeah. So. Um, uh, you know, and they're all in Chicago, like these immigrants in Chicago. And I have this like picture and this imagination. And I always think like how much of my behavior from birth is based on Sophie and mm. like what Sophie was doing yeah. in like Hungary and like yeah. coming over, you know, through Ellis Island from, from, uh, you know, what is now modern Transylvania. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I think about all those people, you know, and I like, did you always feel that way? Because something that I feel like I've talked about and noticed for me is that that's something that has evolved and developed as I've gotten older. But I do frequently identify this sort of teenage years as being the time when you are most defiant about being informed by all of the people, like for, for some of us. And I think at the time I was very, I was very interested in feeling like, special or I was very interested in in I was so uh solipsistic that I was just like I mean I could certainly recognize like yeah I'm a lot like my dad I didn't want to admit I was like my mom because we had a bad relationship um but <laughs> we're all you exactly know like yeah 
<laughs> Which even that, it's like, oh, no, 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 this is unique to me. Like, daughters and mothers usually have a great time. Uh, but, you know, feeling like I was uh, less interested in how I could be like other people and more interested in feeling, not necessarily in a good way, but feeling alone or feeling special or feeling broken in a certain way or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I really didn't tie that to my family at all. And then as I got older, um, I was so much more excited by and interested in what made me like other people, not just my family, but just other people that are walking around on the earth today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I did, I'm wondering if you had that relationship to Sophie for, for, for as long as you can remember, or if it started to feel more important as you kind of matured out. Of oh, I was time. like obsessed with all of those people when I was a kid. I was upset. Like I would, I was actually weirdly like really uh, titillated and obsessed by my parents' relationship mm. and like even their sex life. Mm. You know, because they were like my source number. I know that sounds totally bizarre, and we'll just get it back. Sounds, to it just we'll sounds, get back to Oedipus. It sounds uh, vaguely bohemian. <laughs> it sounds like you know parents who are more open about yeah that kind of stuff. Or I mean, nude beaches, like you know yeah that that in of like, itself is you know I wanted to know how many times a week does a married couple have sex how many does you know I was like very and then my parents when we moved to Delaware had like you know they weren't getting along and it got real weird mm. and then I wanted to make sure that they were having like that their relationship was I mean all sorts of weird you know I wanted to know all about my father and what he did I wanted to know all about my grandparents and what they did and what they were like when they were my age I was like obsessed with the history mm. of my the the source one yeah you know what I mean I was interested in like and my and fortunately my father was um and my mother as well but my father was a very uh, bombastic storyteller so Irish and so you know these stories were always outrageous and outlandish and his um relationship with his sisters in Ireland and all you know I, I have like a grab bag of so many stories from his growing up in Ireland mm. And, uh, you know, I just remember like shortly before he died, he told me the not so great stories, hmm. um, and the things that he felt and he didn't know he was going to die. It was very, very sudden. So when in only in hindsight, am I like, why did he, why was he telling me that? Um, but yeah, he told me this other alternate story you know, like me and my sister, <laughs> this alternate story of the same past that was um, much sadder hmm. and really kind of harrowing and, you know, really not very uh, glittery and glamour and fun. Like when he, you know, his him and his friend would go fishing and they would steal fish out the back of, thi uh, you know, when they wouldn't catch fish, they'd steal fish off the fishing boats and then sell them over at this dock, you know, hmm. when he was eight years old. Like, you know, just these fun stories of him throwing he had a chemistry lab in his uh, attic and he would throw, um, you know, a string over the house to the front door. And when his older sisters were waiting for dates to come, he would knock on the door through the window. Wow. Like the string would go over through the oh window my. to to the yeah. uh, kitchen table. Uh -huh. And he would like just knock on the door and watch his sisters go, ooh, uh ooh, and like get ready. <laughs> you know, these like great stories. And then it was like, all of a sudden it was like, you know, a story like my father didn't approve of me marrying your mother. And that's why they didn't come to the wedding mm. because it was a Protestant Catholic marriage. 
that wow. he didn't have a good relationship with his father. Like these like things that I was like, <gasps> you know, yeah. and I remember at the time I was uh, so disturbed by that honesty from yeah. him that I like, it upset me yeah. deeply. Did you question at the time? Like why, why are you, why, why, why? Why would why wouldn't you at least have peppered these through my? <laughs> I don't know. We were driving cross country together, yeah. he and I, and he just decided to tell me all this shit. Huh. I, I I don't know, but he died like two years later. So mm. I'm glad. That, I told my sisters and my mom this, and they're all like, "What?" And in hindsight, now I'm like, I'm so honored that he felt like he could open up to me like that. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, "Dad!" Like in my mind, I was like, "Dad, God!" <laughs> Ooh, like you know like my grown ass like father is finally opening up to me and i'm like god you know i didn't like it yeah i I felt and i so it made me so feel so emotional i didn't like it at the time that i like kind of forgot everything that he told me yeah like he we talked for like five hours Hmm. and i just remember being like i'm not your friend Hmm. You know? Which is an interesting thing to say for somebody who had such a vested interest in like the inner workings of their parents' relationship and stuff I in know. a way that you be a lot of kids you would, be, yeah, would be like, mm, don't tell me that. You got to be Ew. careful yeah. what you asked for. Gosh, yeah. dang. I mean, it's, it's funny because you got to be careful what you asked for, but like, I'm so fortunate for that now, that yeah. experience now. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hello, Maximum Fun. I am Oliver Wong, scholar, journalist, DJ, etc. And I'm Morgan Rold. I'm a music supervisor who loves stilettos. We host Heat Rocks, a music podcast where we talk to influential artists and scholars about the albums that changed their lives. On our most recent episode, we had the chance to talk with none other than R&B legend Macy Gray mm. about one of her favorite albums, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by <laughs> Yeezy. We get deep talking about everything from Kanye's college dropout days all the way up to his most recent shenanigans. I just think it's weak, and I don't think he has to do that, and and I was just disappointed. So make sure you, dear listener, are subscribed, because you definitely do not want to miss this conversation. Heat rocks every Thursday right here on Maximum Fun. I'm going to bop back to a a little bit more uh, high school before I get into this mash game with you. But um, were you, uh, so how did your personality Do you want to talk about the jerk circles? The what? (laughs) I said, are we going to talk about the group masturbation stories? Uh, To be honest with you, that, to me, that sounds so weirdly normal. I don't, that's like, I mean, yeah, I would. Circle back to the jerk circle. Yeah. If we could, if we could, spend just a little a few more minutes on that uh no i mean we certainly can no but i was i, mean, I was, I was sort of getting i was gonna try to get a, a picture of like how you how who your friends were when you were a teenager and how how much of that part of you kind of how much of that wild child did carry over because obviously you said you didn't feel like you fit in, but then you eventually were in a situation where you were going out with friends from the school because you mentioned like being out with them and having a good time versus uh, the religious girl who was trying to save everyone <laughs> from the devil. Um, <laughs> what did you, oh, did man. you, uh, 
were you dating? Were you like, what was, what was the, that kind of part of high school like for you? Well, my two and what were you older into? sisters, you know what I mean? um, my two older sisters were extraordinarily beautiful. I mean, they still are, but like as high school girls. So I went and lived in Paris. I, my parents went, did a sabbatical. So I went to live in Paris when I was uh, seven and eight and that implanted a perspective of a Parisian artist world. And I had this like image of myself as being like a cigarette smoking, like, you know, a party girl, artist, bohemian, like uh, wearing a beret and a black turtleneck Mm -hmm. in a big brick loft in in New York City or Paris, right? And like, you know, I learned all about Gertrude uh, Gertrude Stein and like the salons that they had and I was le- le- like reading all this stuff about going to lots of museums and like had this picture of like the uh, impressionism era in France and like I can compl- and I played my little violin in the streets for money and I had this like dream of what I like who I was yeah. you know and my sisters were 13 and 16 and they looked like they were like 18 and 21 Mm -hmm. and they had these they were like gorgeous with these big breasts and like booties and like uh, you know strong ass ladies and like I was trying to keep up all the time and I remember my parents let my 13 and 16 year old sisters go with my dad one of my dad's grad students to a club a Parisian club and they almost I remember they almost got taken home by MC Hammer (laughs) And they that's, like hung out in the VIP section that, with that MC Hammer. That's not maybe the person that I would have expected you to yeah. bring up with when MC we're Hammer painting this like, picture. I mean, of course, MC Hammer is trying to like take home a 13-year-old girl. But, oh, um, you know, but uh, so I was like trying to be. And then I like became six foot tall when I was like 12. And I looked like I was a 35-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I've pretty much been this same person for a long-ass time. Yeah. Um, well, no. When So when I was in high school, I then went to that, like, uh, you know, I went from being, like, literally, like, a m- group masturbating feral. I had rats. I had lots and lots of rats that I had to leave behind. And people would call me Rat Girl, and I would, like, cycle around on my bike and, like, just try to like get boys to show me their dicks mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I wouldn't not with the rats I usually <laughs> use the rats you, you you somehow sense that maybe that wasn't <laughs> like, like the biggest turn on like for boys I was like obsessed with sex yeah. I was obsessed with like my sister was living with a boy in the house oh wow um, was it that a thing where your parents were like we would rather you be doing this here than elsewhere or was it just well like sure just- but she was also 17 yeah right like uh you know, she's eight years, seven, eight years older than me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And we always had like lots of boys and people and like there, we had lots of foreign exchange students Mm. and like, then my mom started going back to school and there'd be like students. She, she was like a very intense ageist as well. I mean, I'm sorry. She was very anti-ageist. Well, I was going to say that you've already described something that starts to feel very ageless, especially in a community of intellectuals where the the university, so you have like the people who are teaching the kids, the kids themselves, 
your age group and everybody's kind of mixing it up i mean yeah and my parents had lots of dinner parties and there'd be like lots of cross like my one friend jeremy hobson's best friend was this woman named betty lazarus who was like in her 60s yeah <laughs> and they were super good friends you yeah. know there was a lot well it's of funny because like, the only other place i think of as that existing is what we do now which is this sort of weird mix where suddenly you're working in an environment where like there are teenagers who are interning and there are you yeah. know cinematographers who are 80 and you have and there is this sort of collective of of people that it that you very quickly sort of start not thinking about how old people are yes but then, I that's mean, you know otherwise it's a little unusual Absolutely. I think it feels unusual socially in Los Angeles. Los mm-hmm. Angeles, I find I find to be really behind. Like, there's a lot of places and spaces in New York City where you can get, you know, a group, you know, a, a 60-year-old woman at a table with a 21-year-old yeah. woman, and they're having a blast. Yeah. And they're not like, my mom's friend. You right. know what I mean? It's yeah. like, they're just friends. Yeah. Uh, and I've been living in Charleston, and I made friends with a lot of much older women um than me much older than me in yeah. charleston as well they were too crazy i had to dip out they were too wild oh ladies <laughs> yeah they were charleston like, ladies charleston ladies watch out <laughs> <laughs> it's like that town is like 80 percent women and most of them are like rich and on their third career yeah and like drunk as hell uh-huh. and like bored yeah and just want to get real fucked up and like hang out in their mansions late at night like talking about like you know ted turner or whatever the hell but um <laughs> so specific I love it. uh oh, it's, teddy. Oh, teddy. oh teddy um but uh yeah my mom went back to college in her 40s and so i think she was very sensitive to ageism because mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. didn't want to be boxed out of, yeah and she went back to art school and so she was in art school when i was like nine and I would show up and so I had like I, I mean it was definitely like huh. I definitely thought I was pretty cool <laughs> you know and like had a sense of what cool was that yeah. was not defined by anybody but me and I so, think the rats were a dead giveaway of that the, <laughs> which by the yeah, way all, the all due respect to rats I had pet mice so I'm not you, you know yeah. yeah we had lots I'm a of little animals. squeamish about rat tails just because i'm used to mice tails so when i yeah. see like street rats i do have a sort of like a you should be a mouse i always have a moment with a street rat where i'm like oh you're so cute yeah <laughs> like come here little baby i get it <laughs> and like new york or whatever yeah <laughs> you see a what's up little baby hi guy hey. yeah yeah um but uh i think um like i i dressed super crazy so in, when I was still in Illinois at around 10, so you got to be like 10, but I'm actually acting like I'm like a 10 year old, but also like an 18 year old mm-hmm. in a really weird way. And, and then when I was like 11, I, I started after I came back from, I always kind of dressed weird and I made my own clothes. And then I started getting, um, bullied for the way that I dressed severely mm. and like beat up and physically beat up and. Uh, when I lived in Paris, I used to get bullied, physically bullied too. Like real, like I had this crazy black eye. Jesus. <laughs> um, and just very physical, like, um, and so I joined the boys wrestling team. <laughs> and they My podcast is not long enough for these stories. <laughs> they, 
they weren't really into that so i got really bullied by the boys boys on the boys wrestling team to like my mom was always late to pick me up and there this one kid i remember would always take it a little too far afterwards you know what i mean um but yeah there's a lot of physical fighting and violence and uh like in with other students and uh and I remember waking up every morning and knowing that I would be ridiculed and like picked on and violent, like could potentially face violence with what I put on. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, screw it. And I would just made me want to dress crazier. Yeah. And so I remember being in middle seventh grade, I think. And all of a sudden, um, Nirvana hit the Midwest. Apparently, they'd been around for a little bit longer than that. Uh-huh. Um, Nirvana hit the Midwest, and all of a sudden, I became super cool. And all of my wacky-ass outfits, like the 90s hit like the Midwest suddenly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like the coolest girl. And then I figured out that everybody would then like come over to my house, and that, that, that's when I could be like, let's play Spin the Bottle. But instead of Spin the Bottle, you have to take your pants off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just want to see what you got down there. I don't even want to kiss you. Yeah. I just want to get right. You know, all sorts of elaborate spin the bottle games and, you know, little creeper. (laughs) And I was like, look at my rats. Uh Now look look at my boobs. (laughs) But But yeah, I have to get into this mash game. I'm only saying that because I'm looking at the time, realizing I have to get on a call in 15 minutes. I'm very, very angry about that. Oh no. Uh, I'm very, very angry. Um, but, uh, and I'm sure everyone that is listening to this is like, I can't believe you're cutting that story off, Barney. <laughs> um, I feel everything now I'm like, that's okay guys. Now Brida and I are friends. So I'm just going to get all that information <laughs> offline and you can wonder, you can always wonder that's what right. we talked about. Uh, okay. So for this mash game, for this first category, I'm going to ask you, uh, to give me three, um, people from your, I mean, I, the, the, the inspiration for this question is Sophie based. So you could sort of see where I'm going with it. I, if there are people outside <laughs> of your family okay. that you would want to meet, um, the impetus for it was three people that you will not have the opportunity to engage with because they're no longer alive. At least you were not maybe in this, in our physical form, okay. you will not be able to engage with that. Um, we can sort of magically create this, uh, opportunity for you to have a, a conversation with from, from the past. Wait, what? <laughs> like in this alternate universe I'm creating, yeah. you have the opportunity to meet three people who are no longer living that you can have like a conversation with. Oh, oh, um, I mean, definitely like Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. I definitely need to be like hanging out with like some Nordic Neanderthal mm-hmm. person. Great. Um, definitely. Wait, this can be people who I've met before or never met. Uh, you know what? It I this category would be like yeah, someone you that you did not get a chance to talk to that ever I've before. Never talked to. Like I uh, thought you would put Sophie like on here, but you're Queen. not putting Sophie on here. You're going straight to people that are <laughs> oh, not part oh, of your family. Oh, probably a Neanderthal, probably Queen Bodica. Uh huh. I need to know about that Celtic uprising and like, you know, all of the other shit. Like, or, like one of the <laughs> librarians at the Library of Alexandria. I just really need to know. Wait, how many do am I picking? Just three. three. Oh, oh, we should definitely put Sophie on. Okay. There. <laughs> I really bullied you in that. Speaking you of bullying, did. I apologize. 
uh, that's all right. I love uh, a bully. I you mean, didn't even hear the rest of that story. I, I was like, bring I it. Well, that I, that, shit never that got defiance, me down. Yeah, I did not have that defiance. I was very meek about being bullied. And so I just started pretending I was sick and I would not go to school and stuff. So oh, I, really? I am very uh, envious of the of that sort of like if if something is hurting me, I will face it and and sort of be defiant of it. That's not something that I had. So uh, I'm very, oh. I'm very envious of that. Oh, yeah. Well, you can have that now. I think I'm better about it now. I, I mean, I get really about scared now, sometimes, but. but about other weird shit. Yeah. Not normal shit I get scared about. But I like. I got to talk to you about that offline. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Listen, I got to move on. This okay. category. I don't know why I've turned this into a chore that everyone hates. Uh, that's not what this game is at all. <laughs> this next category is. Okay. Let's do three. Um, let's do three mm, movies or books or really any form of storytelling, graphic novel, whatever, television show, three things that you wish you could jump into and just be in that world. You're not reliving the plot. You're not a character in it. It's just a thing that you would love to sink into and just be in from fiction. From fiction? Mm -hmm. So it could be from a book, could be from a film, but three. Um, so I can't pick like... Um Julius Caesar's me like like war memoirs. Oh, from history? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. Okay, Julius Caesar's memoirs. I just want to know what that Rome was like. Um, definitely Neil Gaiman's Sandman comic books. Great. Not gonna lie, I like them comic books. Yeah, great. Um, Handmaid's Tale? Just kidding. Just kidding. Just someone to get on in there and just stir some shit up. <laughs> Who doesn't want to live in that world? Yeah. Um, that I would say, though, when I read that book over and over and over again as like a 12 or 13 year old, I think I would have picked that because it did stir up this sense of, of defiance in me. It did stir up that feeling of like, if I can get in there, I don't care if I die. I would da 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 da. Like it did sort of Ugh. boil up to the surface, those those feelings of like, Ooh. how dare you? Yeah, for sure. It was my favorite book for such a long time. Oh my gosh, do you watch um, the show? I do. I do. Okay. I fell off <laughs> in the during the second season. Yeah, me too. Interesting. Okay. Uh, okay, um, so Julius Caesar's memoirs... Uh, uh, Game and Sandman series. And. Oh, what? I'm like looking at your bookshelf trying to yeah, save myself. I know. I feel like you probably see some Game and uh, stuff in there. Oh, like, um, you know what I've always wanted to do is um, be um, like Blackbeard. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Great. Or like. I'm like, was Grace O'Malley around Grace O'Malley? Do you know the history of Grace O'Malley? Uh, I'm like, this isn't even a fiction. Vaguely. This yeah. is just like historical figures that I yeah. like want to be like on the ship for. That's great. That's great. Okay. Next category, three foods that in this reality are this reality we're creating are not only not bad for you, but you can have them in perpetuity without any negative ramifications. So if you don't eat meat, but it's delicious, but you ethically in this universe, there is no such thing as like a problem with, you know, killing an animal or whatever. It's just the oh. taste. It's a feeling, you know what I'm saying? Or if you're allergic to something, not you know, I, I'm like a veg vegan slash vegetarian slash not anything, never dogmatic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of these uh, Great. that I don't eat anymore because of the ethical yeah. thing. So it would be foie gras Great. and filet mignon. I haven't had foie gras or filet mignon in a long ass time. 
Okay, give me one more. Unless you want me to make that the same, the same lumped together. That I could just eat forever and ever? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, fuck, I feel like... Oh, you're going to lump them or not? I can lump them. Um, donuts. Great. Like Krispy Kreme? Yeah. And, uh... Ragu. <laughs> I love the character who talks about ragu in that voice. Ragu. Uh, I'm like, wait, ragu yeah. is really gross. Yeah. What is the meat sauce? Yeah, I think it is like a, 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 a not. It's not marinara. It's bolognese. 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 Okay. Mm. Okay. Yes. Three people uh, that you get to switch bodies with for a day. Oh. Um. Probably somebody with a really big dick. Because <laughs> I want to touch it. Uh, um, somebody I get to switch bodies with. Definitely like um, a basketball player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I could say, pro, I could just say pro. Yeah, but which one? I don't know. Probably Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. I just want to be, and he's so friendly. Yeah. Friendly and large. Um, probably Shaquille O'Neal, probably like, um, I think about switching bodies with people a lot. I figured this would be a good category for you. Um, I mean, this is basically our job. Like this is our life It's like dreaming up what it feels like to switch bodies with people. Um, I guess somebody with a weird, rare illness just for the, just to know, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I, I look at a lot of like a uh, weird, rare illness like um youtube things mm. um okay let's say switch i'd like to switch bodies with <laughs> this is hard this this game is hard i know and it's all just spur of the moment too i apologize that no I no no that's good it's good improvise i would want to switch bodies with hillary clinton great and jennifer lopez that was easy. I think write. I'm thinking about it too hard. Yeah, no, no, I gotta no. it's really a, think. It's, a, it's, it's the nature of the beast. It truly <sighs> is. Uh, okay, next category is three uh, romantic, sexy time partners from wherever uh, that you're that you're engaging with in this alternate universe. Mila Jovovich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you say her name? I think it's Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Mila Jovovich from Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I've. <laughs> The only thing I want to have sex with. <laughs> yeah, she really, um, she's got some. Um, Santa Claus? That's a weird one, but he sneaks in at night. Right. Um, and, uh, um, oh, I know. Um, James M- Momoa? What's that Jason guy? Momoa. Jason Momoa. Yeah. He is like a fictional character that walks around in real life. Yeah. That guy Um, is really... Maybe him and his wife. Yeah. At the same time. uh, What's her name? shit about shit. The... Zoe Kravitz's mama. Oh. Wait. Lisa Bonet? Lisa Bonet. Oh, yeah. She is... Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Jason Momoa slash Lisa Bonet. That's a good call. That's a really good call. I cannot believe the countdown I'm having right now to this call. Uh, Okay, (laughs) next category is three styles uh, of... Do you want to... It's going to be a 
forever. It's going to be oh. a forever call. Oh, okay. Uh, three styles of dress that are there. It's it's uh, everything is equal in comfort. So however it looks, whether it's a you know a bustle or uh, trousers or whatever, it all has the same degree of comfort from any era that you could that you could just like magically kind of sport. Okay, the Kenosis women who wore ball gowns with their tits out. There was little things with the tits fully out. I always thought that would be great. Um, I love the like um, Amazonian. <laughs> this is all just tit based. Right. <laughs> like Let's the Amazonian category. Great. <laughs> the Amazonian women who would like uh, wear the armor and then they'd cut off one of their boobies for archery. Archery, sure. Yeah. yeah. This is just about boobs. Great. <laughs> the whole section. I'm in. Um, and then, um, like, the 70s. Right. Right? Right. None of those clothes are Like, are the birds of polyester. Yeah. Everyone, like, stank, probably. Oh, my God. So much sweat. That's absolutely true. Polyester stank. Absolutely stanking. true. But that's good, because I sweat, and I, like, stink anyway, so it'd be like... A, Everyone know. would be like, we all stink. Who right? can smell anymore? Yeah. Three places in the world, <clears throat> whether you've been there or not, that you would like to have a vacation home. Vacation home? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mar- and by the way, this will be where the mansion apartment check or oh, house Martha's comes Vineyard. Great. Um, Paris. Mm-hmm. And Petra. Great. Great. Final category, uh, uh, supernatural powers. Um, reading people's thoughts. Great teleportation so i'd never have to take public transport or ride in a car again great um it's sometimes it's not about the journey and um uh another superhero thing uh maybe to to swim in the sea great yes oh my god that's my stomach uh like apparently swimming in the sea makes me hungry. Okay. Uh, now I just very quickly need you to just tell me when to stop. You know, it's a couple seconds worth because I got to figure, I'm just, I'm just figuring out the number I'm going to use to eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay. So tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, great. I'm going to pause this, do some quick calculations. I'm going to come back with your 100% guaranteed fictitious math future. Okay, here we go. Uh, number one, I want to congratulate you on your uh, ability to communicate with Neanderthals. Oh, Gonna get a lot good. of questions answered. I hope that you'll pass that back to me. By the way, my we took the twenty three and Me test. And we have like an unusually high percentage of Neanderthal in our that's, blood. That, <laughs> yeah, of course you do because that's incredibly interesting. My grandfather looked straight up like a Neanderthal. Do <sighs> you know they're supposed I'm to be of- smarter than humans? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's uh, the mystery of that is very attractive to me. Uh, my dad, my dad did the, the 23andMe thing. So now I'm like, I kind of want to mooch off of his information. Um, but I'm also like very curious to see, because see, my dad did it and his sister did it. And they had like very different data come back. Oh, really? And they have the same parents. So that caused a bit of a scandal. It was like, wait a minute. What does this mean? Uh, and I don't know what it means. Um... <laughs> your grandma your grandmother is just that's how they find out oh my god that'd be amazing see that would be too interesting that would be too interesting for me to be able to get away with okay uh so conversations with the anthropologists you've also had the uh the ability to switch bodies with ms hillary clinton 
Ooh. I'm sorry you didn't get a penis on that one. But you're the one who picked two women, so you really decreased your chances. Oh, true. You uh, can also uh, visit the world of Grace O'Malley. I'm very oh, excited that you got cool. that. Where you can eat copious amounts of filet mignon fo- oh, foie gras, good. and there's just zero ethical question about it. It's just all good. Uh, you have a vacation mansion in Paris. Perfect. Uh, where you <laughs> prance around wearing your uh, ball gown with your tits hanging out. Yes. Okay. Much cool. to the pleasure of your lover, Mila Jovovich. Yes. Uh, yes. And after amazing. you make sweet, sweet love to her, you can jump into the sea and swim and breathe and just be with the sea creatures with uh, your psych, your not your psychic ability, but your supernatural ability. Oh. Pretty good, huh? So That's really good. worked out. I didn't forget anything, did I? No. Um, okay, people, find Mr. Mercedes if you haven't. Uh, we've mentioned that you can also see Brita on Unreal. I had a very pleasant surprise when I was guilt-watching the affair and you popped up for about <laughs> yeah. a minute. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is she going to be the new star? I don't know what happens because I haven't seen the last episode. Maybe I have. Uh, Maybe. But that was, that, was, that, was a, that was a thrill. Okay, uh, talk to you guys next time on the podcast. Bye! Bye! The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.